Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. This week we're talking about a very exciting topic, you know, maybe the most exciting. It's the kerygma, the basic proclamation of the church and, and the germ cell, the the energy source, the source of origin of the life of the church, as the apostles tell us, as popes have told us, the catechism tells us so clearly, the church is born of preaching, and the preaching is a particular message, the kerygma, that is the proclamation. There's a, a declaration, an announcement of a reality. It starts there, and the reality is a person, Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus, in everything that he's done to save us, the fundamental deeds he's accomplished. And we ended the program yesterday talking about Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost. That's the first charismatic, post-resurrection charismatic preaching that's, that's happening. The church is born that day, and Peter's under the inspiration and anointing of the Spirit. So you see, one of the things that's helpful to see is, you know, the whole mission of the church. The church has a mission because God has a mission. God sent forth his son into the world on mission to seek and save the lost, to save a race of people that was alienated from God and had no hope in this world. So God sent forth his son into the world to redeem us, to save us to make it possible for us to become children of God and to be in relationship with the Father. And then Jesus, through his life, passion, death, and resurrection, deals with all the fundamental obstacles that stand in the way for us. He deals with the problem of sin. He deals with the the death problem. And he begins the new creation in his own person, in his own life. He's the second Adam who St. Paul reminds us he's now, he's a siring a new humanity through the Holy Spirit. And so Peter on the day of Pentecost is making known the core message of that declaration, that reality. And in summary, again, I'll just mention, you know, he goes forth from the upper room filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. He's got the attention of the thousands of people who are present there in Jerusalem for the celebration of the Feast of Pentecost, the Jewish feast, which commemorated the giving of the word, God's word, the commandments, it's celebrating the harvest feast. And so Peter's there talking about the new law, the new law, the real law, the real gospel, I mean, the real fundamental reality of all the Torah and the, uh, the Pentateuch and everything, the prophets, everything pointed to a person, its fulfillment, everything that the Father was teaching, the people of Israel is fulfilled in a person, Jesus. It's culminating here on the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit being poured out is the new law in the human heart, fulfilling the promise of Ezekiel and Isaiah and the prophets that God would put his, write his law on our hearts. He gave us a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone, not a sin sick heart, but the heart of Jesus. Jesus' love for the Father. Jesus' love for His love for neighbor, our neighbor, for us and our neighbor, he's putting that new love, new capacity in us. So Peter's on that day proclaiming, he's declaring, he's not having just a conversation. He's not giving a teaching per se. He's not reflecting 
on writings of the, you know, so to speak. He's making a declaration about a fact, about something that's happened. God has entered time. He's become one of us. He's here. He was here in the flesh. Jesus, you know him. You heard him. You saw his signs and wonders and miracles. You heard what he said. He revealed the Father. He diagnosed your heart. You rejected him. You killed him. But I'm telling you, we're telling you that God raised him from the dead. He's alive again. Death could not hold him down. There's no power greater in the universe than the power of of divine life that's in the Son of God and that he wants to give to us. He wants to bring us into new life. So he's declaring that he said this, and then he talks about how this fulfills central teachings and anticipation that's in the heart of the people of Israel. And then he culminates it all by stating and declaring a fact that God has not only raised Jesus from the dead, God the Father, but he's exalted him at his right hand. Christ in human flesh has entered into the presence of the Father. And the new humanity is home. The new creation has begun. The great victory, the ultimate victory has happened. Peter said he's exalted there as Lord and Christ. Lord, all power and authority and heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. No power ever will be able to overcome him. He's going to deal with all the powers that still are in opposition on the final day. But he's the Lord. And he wants us, he's the Lord of a kingdom. He's the King of a kingdom. And his church is the beginning on earth of that kingdom, that kingdom life, that new life of sinful people who have been called to repentance and faith, who have been baptized and have been made a new creation and have been given power to become children of God. He's the king that will reign forever. And all power, again, all power and authority is in him and no power anywhere ever will be able to oppose him in any way. His, his kingdom is not being threatened, that's for sure. But he's Lord and he's Christ, that he's anointed with the Spirit. So the new life is a new life in the Spirit. Where do you get the Holy Spirit? Like, how does a human being receive the Holy Spirit? Well, the fundamental way is through baptism. The Holy Spirit's poured out, Peter said, on this day, on the day of Pentecost. It's all about the, the, the Holy Spirit being poured out. And a harvest of souls is emerging. This is the real harvest that you know, the Feast of Pentecost was pointing toward. It's a harvest of souls. It's a harvest of human beings now being born again by water and the Spirit. And Peter declared who he is and what he was doing, what the Father was doing with Jesus. And people were moved in that proclamation. The Spirit moves when the kerygma is proclaimed. You don't have to be super eloquent. It's not sophisticated. You don't have to have a theological degree. You just have to know it in your soul and in the spirit. Say what the apostle said. Say it. It's simple. The Holy Spirit anoints that preaching. It's powerful. It's power-packed. Because the Spirit of God wants to confirm those words and that declaration about Jesus. 
about his absolute uniqueness and his power and his authority. The Holy Spirit animates those words and moves in the hearts of people whose hearts are open just even a crack. And they said, what should we do? They asked Peter, what should we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. That means now turn away from whatever idol you're clinging to, the direction you're going in, and go all in in the pursuit of Jesus and agree with Jesus' diagnosis of your life and your need for salvation and be baptized. Be united in the waters of baptism. The old man needs to die. The proud, self-important, lustful, covetous, angry, whatever, the old man has to die. And he's put to death in baptism, Paul tells us, and we're raised in your life. So Peter was, Peter said, repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Remember, Jesus said in Luke chapter 24, you're my witnesses. I'm sending you to call people to repentance and forgiveness of sins. This is critical. And this is a critical piece of the kerygma. Kerygma is not just a feel good about God's love for us. People today, a lot of people say that kerygma is, you know, God loves you and has a plan for your life. Well, that's true. God loves us and he has a plan for us, but that's not the kerygma. Some people say the Sermon on the Mount is the kerygma. No, it's not. The Sermon on the Mount is the teaching of the lifestyle of Jesus. It's the, it's the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle, you, you could say. As a friend of mine describes it. It's the way of walking as a disciple of Jesus. But the core, the kerygma that is the origin of the church is coming to encounter this powerful message of the truth about Jesus and giving ourselves to it in faith. That's not just accepting the truth about what's being said, but it's surrendering to a radical abandonment of our whole life in trust to God and to this person who is Lord. And that's what it means. Jesus, you are my Savior. I I, I, I repent of my sin. Thank you, Lord. There's no other person, no other name in heaven and earth by which we can be saved. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you. You are the Christ. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit and that I'm born again, that I'm a new creation, that your, your spirit's flowing in me now and I have a new freedom and I'm a child of God and you're giving me charisms and gifts to be able to, to cooperate with you in your work of salvation. And you're the Lord and I bow my knee before you. I bow before you, King of kings and Lord of lords. There is no other. I give my life to you as a disciple. I want to follow you wherever you go. Peter's message that day drew people into this reality by declaring who Christ is, by calling them to repentance, a response, a total turning of the heart, radical from the beginning. Lord, I belong to you. I'm a sinful man. Save me. Have our sins taken away in the waters of baptism, the stain of original sin, the alienation from God, and the new life puts us in right relationship with God the Father, and we become children of God. And he said, you receive there the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the good news, friends. This is the gift. People, the, the church exists to communicate this saving message. 
I just want to read this Acts 2 in the last two minutes here, just to the key parts of it, just to let the word of God communicate. So here's Peter. This is chapter 2, verse 32 and following. He said, this Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this that you both see and hear. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. They turn, and again, here's Peter's exact words, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to you. See, this, this is the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is God's promise to make us children of God. It's such a beautiful line. This is the Lord for the promises to you, to your children and to all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Jesus Christ is Lord. Friends, that's the fundamental cry of the heart of the early church. Many, many, many baptized people today don't have that heart cry. They haven't come to the place where they really have come to terms with the demands and the call of the reality of the kerygma, who Christ is and what he's done. But they remain Lord. They're sitting on the throne of their own lives. They're they're masters of their own universe. They need to hear the kerygma again in God's mercy and love. God bless you. Have a great day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.